coming in. Keep it locked right here. You are listening to MTMB Sports. Hey, how y'all doing? It's Rick Sincere, MTNV Sports. I'm so geeked. I'm here with the founder and the CEO of the Ozell brand, our sponsor, Mr. Titus, Ozell Golden. How you feeling, bro? Man, I'm blessed. How you doing, bro? Man, I'm doing great. Yo, do me a favor. Tell me about what got you started making shoes. Man, it's just crazy. It's just growing up in a type of environment I grew up in, mother getting robbed and shot, me being molested, me not knowing who I was as a as a person, as a man, birthed something in me. I started looking at shoes as a way out in middle school, and God gave me this dream and gave me this vision, and boom, it birthed. Man, I saw these shoes. They're beautiful, they're high quality, and they're at a, a good affordable price, bro. What went into making the shoes? Man, it's just me thinking about the shoes that I love, the shoes that I desire as a kid. Well, my mother couldn't afford it. So it's like, now how can I create a shoe at a good quality at affordable price for other families who actually are currently going through what I went through as a kid? Bro, I heard you can play two sports in them. Are they soccer and football cleats? Yeah, man, they two sport cleats, soccer and football. See, growing up, I played multiple sports, so it was just like bouncing from transition from different shoe to shoe. So, hey, it's two and one, so it's a good deal. Where can people find these shoes, man? Man, you go to ozelbrand.com, follow Ozell Brand on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, but please subscribe on ozelbrand.com, please. Yo, you heard the man, Mr. Titus, Ozell Golden. That's his middle name, yo. Go, <laughs> go out and support this brother. He is doing his thing. Listen, you want to support him. You want to get these shoes on your feet. Look, they're beautiful, remarkable quality, and at an affordable price. Listen, stop what you're doing. Go to Ozell Brand. That's O-Z-E-L-L brand.com today. Yo, what's up, my good peoples? It's your boy, MVPJT. I got my boy, Professor Dante, with me today, man. What's up, man? How you doing today? I'm doing good, man. What's good, everybody? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of MVP University, uh, where we talk all things college sports, man. You know, we're going to chime in today on the SEC. We want to preview the SEC. Uh, Professor Dante got some stuff up his sleeve, like I told y'all. A very trendy topic on the yard today. So, you know what I'm saying? I want y'all to sit back, relax, and let's get to the show. And we're live. Yo, 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 we're live. All right, so let's get this thing started. You know, last week we had a very great opening show. We had uh, Scotty from uh, Outstrip coming on with us, talking ACC football. Now, this week, you know what I'm saying, with me being in the South, a Florida fan, as y'all can see my background, you already know what time it is. We're going to chime in on the SEC. But before we do that, Professor, what you got on the yard today, man? Talk to me. Well, as we go on the yard, last week we talked about name, image, and likeness. That was one of the big stories coming out this summer. Probably the second biggest story that was out this summer was conference realignment. So the big one was uh, the Big Ten is officially coast to coast uh, with, with USC and UCLA joining. As it stands right now, the SEC, Big Ten, both have said they're standing pat. Of course, the SEC will be getting Oklahoma and Texas next year. But I think it does raise an interesting question, and that is, are we headed toward two super conferences? But I did think about something. Conference realignment is not only happening in the power of five. So Mm -hmm. it's also happening in the group of five. So this fall, Marshall, Old Dominion, 
James Madison, Southern Miss are all joining the Sun Belt. Next year, 2023, UTSA, UAB, and Charlotte will be joining the American. And Polk Conference USA, Conference USA is there, you know, they are probably the most rated conference of any in all of college football. So it's going to be interesting to see if after maybe 2024, if Conference USA um, even exists. So conference realignment is, is the big thing. I kind of always thought probably after, if you go back a few years, after the dismantling of the Big East, um, and if you remember the ACC was really the first conference to kind of start Merging. rating other power fives because they took True. they took uh, Miami, Miami, they took, Pitt, they took uh, Virginia Tech out of the Big East. So, mm-hmm. um, uh, so, so in, in that regard, this is something that we've seen before, but this feels a little different. So, so let me ask you a question. So, okay, so with this alignment uh, changing, USC, UCLA leaving the Pac-12, going to the Big Ten. The, the, they're the only two schools on the West Coast, you know what I'm saying, that's going to have to come to the East. How how do you think that will affect, you know, the, the scheduling? Like, like they it, it may be a week where they may have to go back to back to the East Coast, you know what I'm saying? They may have to pay, mm-hmm. play, um, you know, who workers or, you know what I'm saying, workers one week, then have to come back and play um, Michigan. You know what I'm saying? How, how would that affect them? academically as well as mentally because like that's a, that's a, a time difference like they're used to playing on the west coast but now you're having to travel how do you think that's going to affect them mentally and physically on the field well so that's a good question there's actually one reason i don't think either conference is done yet but um i think as far as the scheduling is concerned one thing that you'll probably see we're going to see it in the acc um, next season, so rest in power, ACC Coastal. Um, because the ACC is scrapping divisions and they're going to this one conference league and they're going to do, I believe, they're going to do a 3 3 5 setup where you're going to have your three non con, three protective rivalries, and then you're going to have a five team rotation, um, through the conference. That's that's what it looks like now, really. If you think about it. That's very similar to how the NFL schedules its teams. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so more than likely, next season you'll probably see um, if if like you don't see a Utah or a Colorado, uh, a Cal or Stanford added to the Big Ten, uh, because here here's the one big thing about the Pac-12 and the possibility of the Pac-12 being rated even more by both the SEC and the Big Ten. The Pac-12 media rights deal is up um, in 2024, so they're negotiating now. So, so without a TV deal, really, you can negotiate packages anywhere. And in that regard, you know, the Big Ten is like, hey, listen, the only conference that has more money than us is the SEC, and it's not about much. Yeah. So, <clears throat> pardon me. So, so it could be very, very possible to see more teams from the Pac-12 go. But, but it, and, and also, I think it's important to keep in mind, I think you're going to likely see this only in football. Really? So, yeah. so you don't, you don't think the basketball aspect of it, because a, if you look at the, look at the SEC in basketball, look at the ACC in basketball, you know, those are, are two of the most prolific conferences when it comes to that particular sport. But then in football, ACC, me, you know, SEC, and Big Ten are kind of sort of those heavy hitters. So I'm glad you brought up the 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 um, ACC as well because, like you said, next year they're going to a no a one conference schedule where it's no uh, coastal or Atlantic division. So how do you think that's going to play out? Because now it's kind of sort of like like the Big Twelve. You know, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying. Everybody is is in one league. So how do you think that's going to shake out? Because like if Clemson decides to leave. I'm pretty sure Florida State may decide to leave. You know what I'm saying? So what if they leave that, that particular conference? Who's the heavy hitters come 2023? You know what I'm saying? So how, what, what is your aspect on that one? Well, as far as as far as teams in the ACC leaving, they have the worst um, television deal in, in, I would argue, in all of college football. Well, it's 50-50 right with ESPN, right? 
they got to deal with ESPN, and that deal's not up until 2036. Mm. And I know that I've heard and I've read there are some teams trying to figure a way out of it, but it's expensive, and it, it just might not be worth it. So the and really, this, as crazy as this may sound, the only solution to get out of this deal is if every team in the ACC leaves, because if every team in the conference goes, then there, there there's there's no there's no there's no product right for the conference. But then that means every team in the conference would have to have a landing spot. And I'm not sure if that's the case because probably 15, 20 years ago when you saw like, like why would the big 10 want Rutgers, right? No shade on Rutgers, but it's Rutgers, right? It is the birthplace of college football, but yet and still, well, you wanted Rutgers 15, 20 years ago because Rutgers gets you into the New York market, but markets don't really matter as much as they used to. Mm-hmm. Now it's about it's about eyeballs because like Notre Dame they had games streaming on Peacock. You're gonna have some games on Amazon Prime. Apple, Apple TV. Yeah, Apple TV is trying to get in the game. So you know ESPN wants content for ESPN Plus. Um, the, the rumors are Fox is gonna is is wants to have uh, a stream service similar to ESPN Plus for content as well. So it's about who is going to provide the most eyeballs for this content. Um, And that's why, although, yeah, Clemson makes a lot of sense. Florida State makes a lot of sense. Miami makes a lot of sense because they're brands. I mean, are you going to really get people hyped up for a noon kickoff between Wake Forest and Duke? I mean, I get up for it because I cover the ACC. But in general, so so I think it's going to be hard to kind of raise the ACC. And I and it may be too costly for either the Big Ten or the SEC to want to try to jump and dive in. However, Pac-12 and the Big 12, their media rights deals are up significantly sooner. And then the golden carrot of them all, Notre Dame, uh, their deal with NBC is up in 2025. So, um, and, and, and people want to know, it w- it would this incentivize them to join a conference? Um, so... I- I'm glad I'm you not said, sure. I'm glad you said that because I I personally think Notre Dame would end up joining the conference simply because okay Oklahoma Texas next year will be in a, in the SEC. Mm-hmm. That's arguably two of the biggest heavy hitters in the Big Twelve. You know what I'm saying? So you're basically taking away the Big 12's you, I would say you're probably taking away sixty percent of the Big Twelve's revenue right there because the Texas uh, TV market by itself alone is astronomical. You see what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. with this realignment, do you think it's going to be a three-team super conference? And then if it does, what would those three teams be? Like what would those what other conference will merge together? Because me thinking out just out outright thinking, it me it need to be four conferences. SEC, Big 12. You making come up with another conference, then like I guess what you say the um, the big 24, like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> big 12 and Pac-12 yeah. joining, but it was Pac-10 rather. So the big 22, you know what I'm saying? So I, I really think it should be like a fourth conference, like have a, the fantastic four of the, of the conferences. The SEC has theirs. The big 12 has theirs. Then two other conferences join together to form another super conference. I think that would kind of sort of shape out the balance of the uh, NCAA because right now who's really governing the, the college football playoffs right now we have four teams mm-hmm. and, and a lot of times it's other teams outside of that four that really deserves it now don't get me wrong i like cincinnati i really do and last year they, they actually deserve to be in the college football playoff but if you look at the other four teams behind them they have an arguable arguable chance as well you know what i'm saying so so with this realignment do you think the college football playoff will eventually expand sooner than later Oh, I think real. I think realignment is all about the college football playoff expand, expanding. And I'm, I'm going to tell you, um, and man, I, uh, Jim Phillips, I believe, is the commissioner of the ACC. He voted against this initial expansion, and I know he had some reasons why he did it, but I really think he hurt his conference by doing it. 
Now, here's the thing. Let, let's, not, let's not fool ourselves into thinking that you're going to have um, college football's version of St. Peter's make a run in a 16 or 2014 college football playoff. That, that doesn't happen in college football. Um, and and can, can consider the fact that there's no such thing as one and done in college football. But I, I, it's going to expand, and it's going to expand because what local markets are seeing, they're seeing fan bases lose interest sooner. Mm-hmm. If you know, if if my team loses early, um, then I'm out of it. Or if you know, like, I mean, the Pac-12 is a perfect example. The, the the first time, the first time, the the when the last undefeated Pac-12 team loses, the first thing everyone says, "Well, Pac-12 is out of the playoff." Well, with an expanded model, that won't be the case. And, and and let once again, I think the the playoff is about representation, not necessarily getting more winners. I think, and and, I, and personally, I I'm I'm not opposed to expansion, but I don't have a problem with the fourteen playoff. I think in in that regard, I think that could be very much how you market it. I remember um, a couple years ago, um, Wisconsin was undefeated in mid-November and they lost and really you can market your that month of November as like the knockout round yeah for the college football playoffs true right and 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 you could market your conference championship games as quarterfinal rounds in many ways um the 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 one thing I I hope to see before we expand I want to see five undefeated power five champs and see what the committee, I just want to see which undefeated team the committee would leave out. So when you you say five power five undefeated, okay. So that'll have to be in the sense of Alabama. Um, Appreciate it. uh, Off script. My boy Scotty checking in one time. Um, Okay, so if you had to do five undefeated Power Five teams, mm-hmm. Alabama would be one. Um, Clemson may be two. Mm-hmm. Uh, Oklahoma may be three. Notre Dame may be four. Who would be your fifth team? Well, that would be even more chaos. So let's say let's say USC wins the Pac-12, they're undefeated. Oklahoma wins the Big 12, they're undefeated. Alabama wins the Pac-12, the 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 SEC, they're undefeated. Clemson wins the ACC, they're undefeated. Ohio State wins the Big Ten, they're undefeated. Okay. And then freaking Notre Dame goes undefeated. I I would I, would, I just want to see the heads hey, explode. That, that would be an interesting uh, interesting. I would love would. to be a fly in the room when the committee meets for that because then I'm pretty sure that all five of those teams will have very great resumes. I'm yeah. pretty sure that all five of those teams will have significant wins against quality teams. Mm-hmm. So, what will the committee? How would they dictate that? They you have know? no idea. They, they, oh, that would be they, a good one. They they they, they would go to bcs.com and see what the computers say. Man, because uh, right. because quite as I don't know, not, I don't know if many people know, but but the, the BCS, although no longer official, the uh, computer model still exists and it still tabulates uh, one and two. But um, yeah, I. I like the one reason that I've always been a fan of the 14 playoff is because in college football, I do like the idea of the playoff being difficult to get to. Mm -hmm. And one thing about it, I know people have always talked about this idea of parity in college football. There's never been parity in college football. College football has always been, about talent acquisition and has always been about whoever has the best players win. And in every era from the time the, the Associated Press started declaring national champions until now, it's always been a certain group of teams that always been able to do that. Mm-hmm. So, but I think like last year was good because I, yeah, Alabama was there. 
and Georgia was there, but we got two new faces. We got we got Michigan and we got Cincinnati. Yeah, and and, and I think and I think that's neat, and and I do like the idea of maybe next season. I don't think I don't think this season, but maybe next season a Texas A and M may be ready to challenge and out hey, Texas A and M got to do something now, like they have to. But you know what I'm saying. I'm gonna end it with this right here with this last question for you. Okay, hypothetically speaking, mm-hmm. the ACC, Big Twelve, Pac Twelve all become a super conference. That's three conferences: SEC, Big Twelve, I mean ACC, I mean, SEC, Big Ten, and then whatever name Pac Twelve, Big Twelve, and ACC come up with. Let's just say hypothetically, the MEAC and Sweat become one lead and be that fourth power conference. Do you see something like that could ever take place? Like having an HBCU conference compete against the power, likes of the Power Fives? No, and like, I hate no, and I hate no HBCUs. But I'm saying, think think about it like this. Think about it like this. <laughs> Good one, Conrad. He did. He said, "Hey, hey shout out to my boy Conrad. He in the background today producing the show, man." So I'll, I'll I'll explain to you why. Um, Wake Forest is the smallest school in the Power Five. They have an undergrad enrollment of about thirteen thousand five hundred students. North Carolina A and T is the largest HBCU with an undergrad enrollment of about twelve thousand five hundred. So the issue, and, and the thing is, a lot of these schools, like they got money. Like Jackson State has money. They have a very, they have a very strong alumni donor base. Morehouse has money. Uh, you know, Morehouse, much like, you know, they like to buy Ivy Leagues. They don't put it in football necessarily. But like yeah. some of these schools have money. But when you think about a place like Michigan, that has an undergrad enrollment of like 50,000. HBCUs, they don't have the size, which means they don't have the money and they won't have the resources to be able to compete. Now, what I would love to see, and I know why they don't, but what I would love to see, I would love to see these, I would love to see if if they do go to a super conference, even if they don't, I would love to see the MEAC and the SWAC champions in the FCS playoffs. Yeah, that would be dope. But, now, but now, reason- now, now, I know they don't because they don't want and, – and, and really, they can fix it. I mean, it's, it's, I don't think it's a difficult fix. I know they don't because they want the best teams in the Celebration Bowl. Mm-hmm. But all you do is if, if you want HBCU representation in the FCS playoffs – you either take the conference champs. I'm, I don't remember right off if FCS does automatic qualifiers or not, but if they don't, you take the two highest rated HBCU teams in FCS polls and they get the automatic playoff spots. And then you take the second highest rated uh, HBCU teams and they play in the celebration bowl. Yeah, true. That, that, that's a good breakdown. Like you said, because like the winner of the sweat and winner of the Miet automatic bids in, in the FCS playoff, then the, the uh, runner ups playing the celebration bowl. Yeah. That's a that's a great uh, comparison. Sam, Sam, you would have been problems in the playoffs last season. Yeah, most definitely. And Jackson Absolutely. State would be problems in the playoffs this season. And, and see, reason, reason I asked that question is because you, you see a lot of uh, D one uh, players transferring to these mm-hmm. uh, sweats and Miet. You know what I'm saying? Like you got. A lot of guys transferring to Jackson State. You got a lot of guys going to Grambling. You got a lot of guys going to Tennessee State. And in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, if these guys competed at the highest level. Now they're going, that's dropping down to the HBCU level, which is a, a, a pretty high level in, in its own rights. How would they compete against the likes of like a Georgia? You know what I'm saying? It, it's like, I, I would love to see that happen one day. But you know what I'm saying? Who knows? It's, it's it's up in the air, but one thing is up in the air: football is here. That and is guess true. what? We're in the South, ST country. Shouts out to my Gators. We will uh, have a good year. Yeah. So so you know what I'm saying. I appreciate uh, Professor Dante with the uh, talk on the yard today. 
Hey, man, if y'all like what y'all hear, man, continue to check us out on YouTube. Uh, follow us on Twitter at underscore MVPU underscore. Uh, we're on Facebook at MVP University. We're on Instagram at MVP University underscore underscore. Yeah, man, so you just you know, chime in with us. Follow us on YouTube as well. And then also check out the team at MTMV. We got shows for day. We talk about everything from MMA to boxing to uh, basketball, football. We got a specialty with the Kansas City Chiefs. Shout out to Will Smith and his team, man. Shout out to The Voice and everyone who's a part of the MTMV family. Venora with the V Report. You know, Sports Talk with C, 494, man. We got a team full of phenomenal, phenomenal individuals. Not the same podcast who does amazing work. You know what I'm saying? So just check everyone out, man. Just continue to, you know, support us as we continue to grow. All right. So next thing, you know what I'm saying, we're going to talk about the film session. On the film session, we're going to break down, you know, the, the SEC. We're going to do a quick little preview of the SEC, what we think with well, who we think will come out of the SEC and how we think it will shape up. So I'm going to kick it off with a quick question to you, Professor. Mm-hmm. Will we have a rematch? Will yes. it be Alabama, Georgia, part five? Yes. Really? Listen, I see you. I see, I see the Gator. Mm-hmm. I see it. I got him fourth in the East. Whoa. I got him fourth. Whoa. Got him disrespect. Fourth. Who's in front now, of us? Now, now here's the thing. I don't, I don't, I haven't, I haven't looked at the schedules. Mm-hmm. So that may change. Okay. Um the Georgia. So so what, what's happening in the SEC is Alabama and Georgia, they've really separated themselves. But the one thing that the SEC hasn't really had in a while that I think you'll see this season, they have a really good middle class. Like the SEC, the SEC traditionally is very top heavy. Top heavy, yeah. And, and they're not very top heavy this year. Um, now, I, I, I like what Hype was doing in Tennessee, man. I like the offense. I, 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 when, when, when Justin Fuente let Hendon Hooker transfer from Virginia Tech, I said, oh, he's about to get fired. And he did. Um, and, and and I, I don't know if Tennessee can stop anybody, but I don't know if there's a team in the East that can outscore them. Um, cause they, they are going to light up scoreboards. So, Um, okay. Okay. So, so you're saying Georgia's going to win the East Tennessee going to be number two. Yes. Who's, who's going to be number three? I got Kentucky third. I got Kentucky. God. I got Kentucky, and and, and that is that Why? is big bias. Stop it, Connie. Stop it. Man, um, because 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 I, I I like I like I like I like first of all, Mark Stoops has the best job in college football. It's not the best job in college football, but he has the best job in college football because the University of Kentucky has said this is what they've said and said, listen. We're a basketball school. Everybody knows this. But we're going to give you resources to build a program that we can enjoy before we get to basketball season. And Mark, the way he has recruited, finding guys like Benny Snell, finding guys like Josh Allen, bringing in transfers like Will Levis. I mean, the way he he has built a solid physical program, they're going to be very good up front again. Uh I, I'm not as all up on Will Levis as other people are. I, I was watching I was watching Kentucky last season and I was like, I'm watching I'm like, man, how come Will Levis couldn't beat out Sean Clifford at Penn State? Then I saw the second corner, I was like, oh, that's why he couldn't beat mm-hmm. out Sean Clifford at Penn State. Right. Because listen, look, Will Levis is bombs away. But don't ask yeah. him to throw a 10 yard out because that mother's going in the stands. And he had but, and it's crazy because Okay, I'm gonna take my Florida hat off. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna put my fan my my football hat on. Will has a cannon. Yeah, he does. If he can ever get accuracy in that short to mid range, I ain't gonna say he'll be a, a Heisman type quarterback, but he should he'll put up some numbers for uh, for Kentucky. I agree. Like he'll he'll put and, and they have they have decent weapons. 
You know what I'm they saying? Did. They have pretty decent weapons. So, so I see why you say that. But man, you just disrespect the Florida like that, bro. Like, so, but I, 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 but I like where Florida's trending. Okay. I like Anthony Richardson at quarterback. Mm, yeah. Um. But we'll, but see, see, here's the thing, and I'm gonna give. He's not a cop, but a lot of people are hyped, and I know we ain't talking about the Pac-12, but a lot of people are hyped about Caleb Williams at USC. Breaks me a little bit because I'm firing plenty of shots, but people got to pump their brakes a little bit because if you, if you really think about what you saw at Oklahoma, you saw Caleb Williams flash. But look what he had around him, though. That's true, but he flashed, but you didn't see the consistency. And Anthony Richardson, when he came in and played, you saw some you saw some dynamic plays, you saw the upside. But now this year is his team. Emory Jones is at Arizona State. Um, he, he beat out, I think Jack Sawyer was the guy who mm-hmm. transferred from Ohio State. Yeah. Beat him out. So it's his team. So now he's got to prove that he can come out game by game and be a quarterback. Um, Billy, I like Billy Napier as a coach. Anytime you can, you can go to a group of five team like Louisiana, like he did, it was, a mid-tier, it was a mid-tier. It was a mid-tier program mm-hmm. that he made the power in the Sun Belt, and he sustained it. And that's the one thing I like about how he runs the program, because when you talk about Group of Five teams, you're talking about high variance. I mean, every Sun Belt Conference USA, the MAC, every Group of Five conference, you always have teams that out of nowhere can win ten games. Right, you're right, Rob. And, I ain't buying that, bro. He's talking nonsense. I'm done talk though. And, and 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 Louisiana was able to maintain that. Now, he did he did take a few L's on the recruiting trail, but I I think I think Napier I, and once again you got it. You got a new coach, a new staff. The turnovers invariable. I think I mean I think Florida's gonna have a good season, but I think they're gonna be fighting Kentucky for third place. Okay, so we're gonna stay in the SECs. Okay. <sighs> As much as I hate to say this, and I mean I this I I hate I hate I hate to say this, Georgia will win the East this year. Emotional like, damage. <laughs> <laughs> like I hate to say it, like they they're going to win the East. Like what Kirby's doing in Athens, bro, is like he's doing what Mark Rich should have been doing. If Kirby would have had the teams that Mark Rick had, you know Sean Marino's, your uh, AJ Greens, your Matt Stafford's, Todd, man, bro, Georgia would have had at least three titles. Yeah. Okay. So now I'm gonna put my Florida hat back on. Um, we're going to give Georgia a run for their money. We will be. We will come out at number two in the East. Here's why I say that. The Louisiana Raging Cajuns that uh, Napier came from, a lot of those players have transferred to us. <laughs> Conrad wilding right now. Uh, but a lot of players transferred with him. Okay, cool. So they know his system. Defensively, it would be solid. Personally, I think that if we can put up at least 21 to 24 points per game, I think our defense will be able to sustain us. Now, when it's time to go against a high-powered offense, can we put up more than that? I don't know because we lost a lot of pieces. Copeland transferred out. We we lost uh, Pierce, who's he was a he wasn't a great running back, but he was a, a good running back that produced for us. We lost a couple of people on the offensive line. We lost we lost quite a few players. You know what I'm saying? So it's like now we're really rebuilding our entire team. I like what we have coming in. I do think once after the first. After the first two or three games, we'll see exactly what we have coming up. Because if I'm not mistaken, our first three games are – let me see. Um, I had it here. Oh, I think I lost it. Yeah, I lost it. I don't know where it's at. Oh, here you go. So our first three games, we have Utah – um week one we have oh, we have um Kentucky week two 
Then we had South Florida week three. I think those – and then Tennessee week four. Those first four games are going to really determine who we are. Realistically, I see we can, we can go – if we go three and one out of those first four, I think we'll be solid. Because then if we beat Kentucky, they out of the picture. We beat Tennessee, they're gone. I'm not worried about South Carolina. I'm not worried about Vandy. So we'll, we'll have a really solid chance to – and come October, if we're running everything smoothly, we can beat Georgia. We just gonna have to play. That's gonna have to be our our best game of the season. Like everything is gonna have to be clicking. Special team, offense, and defense. Like that's gonna have to be the best coaching that Billy and his staff do for the season. If we want to beat Georgia, period. Do I think it can be done? Not this year. I I really think that we'll be a nine win a nine win team. I would say that we'll be a nine-win team and 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 make some noise next year. But this year, I'm just ready for the season to start it, get started because realistically, it's, it's going to be a year that he's setting the foundation this year because now mm-hmm. he a lot of his players follow him from Louisiana. Next year, he's going to have to really recruit. You know what I'm saying? So I, I'm mm-hmm. excited to see where we're going. South Carolina. They brought in uh Spencer Rattler. I, I see why. You know what I'm saying? Like that's gonna be interesting. That's gonna be a very interesting case because he went there. They had they have pretty decent weapons, right? It's a shot to you, Conrad. They have they have decent weapons. Will will it be enough for him to make a run? Because going into last year, he was being talked about as a Heisman candidate favorite. Mm-hmm. He was being talked about as a, a potential number one, number two pick in the NFL draft, then he fell off the face of the earth and Caleb Williams took over. Now, with him going to South Carolina, would this be a – I'd say like a, a Cam Newton part two because, you know, Cam he Cam Newton was at Florida. He left Florida, went to Juco, came back to Auburn and, and, and had probably one of the best years that Auburn ever had. Would this be a rebirth of Spencer Rattler? Or what you thinking? I don't know. Um – because Spencer Rattler is no Cam Newton. True. Um, I, I have I have I have mixed feelings about about Spencer Rattler. So on, on one hand, he did win a Big Twelve championship as a freshman. As a freshman, people forget that. I believe they beat Florida in the ball game. They did. They did. Thank you for thank you. For You're welcome. Me. You're welcome. No problem. Uh, my, um, I don't, I don't think Spencer Rattler lost the job at Oklahoma because he's a bad quarterback. Now that said, he was the only five star in his class, and that particular class that was Spencer Rattler, Sam Howell, that group. I was not a bumper crop of of quarterbacks coming out of high school that year. So, so Spencer just happened to be the best of a decent, not great group, right? But Caleb Williams, his upside is tremendous. Like when when you six foot and two ten, which is basically what Spencer Rattler is, mm-hmm. and you're not, you're, he's not a plus in the run game. He's not an elite athlete because Caleb Williams isn't that much bigger. And then you go back before you got little Kyler Murray. Those guys are those guys are plus in the run games. They're elite, twitchy athletes. Spencer Rattler is neither one of those. Spencer is like eighty five percent of the quarterbacks you see play quarterback. He needs the right conditions to be successful. Yeah. If his offensive line can't block, he's going to struggle. If he's got receivers that can't separate, he's going to struggle. There are very few quarterbacks who can play behind a mediocre offensive line and with mediocre wide receivers. He's not one of those guys. Um. So I, but he he goes back, you know he's familiar with Shane Beamer from Shane Beamer's time on Oklahoma staff. Um, I think the pressure's off, which I think will help because I don't think many people, I don't think anyone's expecting much out of South Carolina. I got them. Let me see, I have them finishing fifth. Um, so I got them actually finishing fourth. Okay, you got them finished fourth. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. I yeah. So so yeah, I, I got them. I got them 
Um, I think Kentucky, Florida, South Carolina, I, I and I haven't really broken down like the metrics, but I, both all three of those teams are going to be somewhere between seven and nine wins. I, I mean, I think South Carolina talent wise, they're good enough to get to a bowl game again in Beamer's second year. But um, and I and I think Spencer Rattler can have a decent season. The one thing he needs to be successful, and we saw that Oklahoma, if South Carolina can run the football competently, I think he'll be okay, and I think he'll have a decent season. So, so looking at my notes here, I have Georgia winning the East. I have Florida slash Tennessee as number two. I really think. That uh, Florida Tennessee game is going to be the game that really determines who's who's number two, in my eyes. Um, number three, I have Kentucky slash Tennessee. One of those two teams will be. I, I just really got faith that we're going to be number two. Like I, I just, you should, I, you got the background up. Of yeah, I, 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 I'm going. But I'm going to say how I feel it's going to be. Georgia mm-hmm. one, Florida two, Kentucky three, Tennessee four. Missouri and Vanderbilt, they're just going to fall where they fall. But I will say this, though. Missouri's they're not a good team. But from time to time, they, they'll sneak up and bite you and, and mess up what you really have going on. Because sometimes, if you go in that game really underestimating Missouri, bro, they real, they messed up a lot of people in the past. Like, they, they're, they're a team that really, you know what I'm saying, they don't have nothing to fight for. They don't have nothing to lose. They, they, I, I, I don't like Missouri, but I like their coach. Uh, Eli Drinkwitz came came from one of my favorite group of five schools, and, and he came from he came from Appalachian State. Um, he can coach. I think they made two mistakes. Number one, they let Connor Bazelak transfer. I, I I don't understand why they will let him go, and then they put everything. And then trying to get in JT Daniels, mm-hmm. JT Daniels ended up at West Virginia. So it was a shocker. Yeah, I, I, I was I was hoping JT went to Oregon State personally, but uh, we we can talk about my love of bad football teams at another time. <laughs> um, I, 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 I have two weird fascinations when it comes to college football. One is a, a path for bad teams to get good, and as I said earlier about Kentucky, I'm fascinated by basketball schools who try to get good at football. Well, um, since you say it like that, you got to think about North Carolina is a basketball school, but they've been really good in football. Like, they've been, well, not really good. They've been a consistent nine-win team in football like, the past two or three years. They 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 were they were they were good under Mac back in the day that he left and went to Texas. They were good at Larry, they were good with Larry Fedora. But then Larry Fedora got mad he didn't get the Texas A&M job and they stopped wanting to coach and recruit. That's when they fell. But when you think, but North Carolina as a state, not as a program, as a state, they're very similar to Georgia in that per capita, they produce a lot of good football players. And what Mac has done, he said, listen, we're not letting these guys leave the state anymore. Mm-hmm. And he got a secret weapon, former North Carolina uh, cornerback and former uh, All-Pro Dre Blight is on his staff. He's keeping those guys, especially especially the guys on the coast. They're keeping the guys that that are that are from Tobacco Road and from the coast uh, in in North Carolina. And he's keeping those guys home. Um, and that that's why they've been that's why they've been good. And they're a dark horse in the ACC too, by the way. Yeah. But um, um, yeah, I, Missouri don't have a quarterback, and they and the best players in the NFL. And uh, and, and and I know his name is Tyler Beatty, but I like calling him Tyler Beatty. Mm-hmm. Um, they did, they did, they got a kid. What's that kid's name? Uh, they got Luther Burden, who's like the number one receiver. Um, they kept him local because he's from East St. Louis. They got him. But I don't know who they got. Who, who's who's going to throw the ball to him? Yeah, uh, that that's 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 going. I think that's the biggest question for Missouri. Um, you know, I mean, I I I went to a nerd school that's good at football. Um, <laughs> you know, 
shout, shout out, shout out to, to tiny division three Wabash college as, as the track coach said, when he recruited me, uh, Crawfordsville, Indiana, Harvard of the Midwest, heartland of America, uh, God's country. Uh, listen, I remember driving across the video. I said, God's country. He must not want no visitors. Mm. Um, but, <laughs> but, 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 um, Vanderbilt's in an interesting position. Um, they're very similar to Stanford. They'll always lose more transfers than kids transfer in because if you red shirt and you're a fifth year, which means you got to go to grad school because contrary to what people think you do have to be in school to play football for a school. Um, so they should have left the previous, the, the previous conference. What team should have left their previous conference? I think, I think you're talking about Missouri. Yeah. Um, well, M- Missouri won the SEC East twice. Their first three years in the conference. Man, that that, was that the, SEC East, the SEC East was trash those first couple years. But I don't, but I don't, I don't think, I don't think it matters. I mean, Missouri was a was a middle tier team in the Big Twelve. They're a middle tier team in the SEC. Yeah. So I, I'm glad you brought that up. And, and not not to go too far off the SEC. I was listening to Cover Three podcast, and when you think about why Missouri would leave, why Nebraska would leave, it's a trade off. You're gonna catch these L's, but you're gonna get this check. True. They left. They left Big Twelve for money. And as a trade-off, Missouri, unless unless you have those seasons where where when they first came into the SEC, Florida was down, Tennessee was down, Georgia was down. I want to say I want to say that Spurrier was still coaching South Carolina, mm-hmm. and they made a couple SEC championship games. So it's like they could win then, but when you got Georgia running at max capacity. Florida is trying to start running at max capacity again. Heupel's got Tennessee back remarkably sooner than anybody sooner. Thought. I, I ain't gonna lie. I, I I thought it was gonna be a good three, five years before Tennessee got. I ready. did too. Because that, now, that hey, roster, man, that roster got gutted. Yeah, when, hey, when they left. they are back though. They they yeah. are they're in a situation where they may really be. Worth a team, a team worth watching, like to maybe take Georgia. You know what I'm saying? I'm, there's going to be a really good game this year. Tennessee is going to be fun to watch. Yeah, you gonna you gonna see some 45-42s, some fifty-two because they ain't gonna stop nobody. But man, but that 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 browse um wide open offense, and I'm telling you, man, Hendon Hooker is gonna have a huge season. For, for the volunteers, but Man. when it's all said, when it's all said and done, man, Georgia's got the best roster by far. So, 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 so we're we gonna go on record and say Georgia. Now let's shift it over to the West. That West is gonna be competitive. I don't think it's gonna be competitive. I, I do. I think I. This, I really think A and M. Maybe this may be the year A and M win the West. Who's playing quarterback for A and M? Took you too long. That's why they're not going to win the conference. That's not. That's why they're not going to win. So people, people forget something. A lot of people have, have really, a lot of people, a lot of people have talked about A and M having the best recruiting class in the history of recruiting rankings. But they you know who's rec- You know, you know whose record they broke. Alabama's, who mm-hmm. said it the year before. Mm-hmm. Well, now. All of those players from Alab- from the best recruiting class before AM, those guys are sophomores and juniors. And they've got the best quarterback in the conference coming back. He didn't even play for Alabama last year, but they probably got the best running back in the conference in Jameer Gibbs. Fat hey, but Jameer Gibbs gonna be he is my sleeper SEC player of the year. So they 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 have they have the best player in the country in Will Anderson. Yeah. Who should but won't win the Heisman. Um, I have, I've always had two concerns about AM. One is quarterback. Um, I know that they brought in Max Johnson to compete with Haynes King, um, which I don't know. I, that just kind of lets me know. I don't know how much confidence Jimbo has in, in Haynes King, but. AM hasn't recruited 
elite at receiver. And and, and well, and, well, the elite receiver, in my opinion, that I had was Mike Evans. Yeah, that was before Jimbo. Yeah, true. So, uh, but so, and, and and if you're gonna play with the elite, when you're gonna play with Alabama, you're gonna play with Georgia in your conference. You have to be elite at wide receiver. Um, now, I think next year, especially if they solidify quarterback, um, I think they will be really good. I, I I will say I'm a little concerned about Alabama's receivers, but understand when I say that, I'm not talking about in conference play. I'm talking about college football playoff. Mm-hmm. Um, but, man, listen, this defense – is going to be something. And I mean, look, hey, they got hey, hey, Kool-Aid in the secondary. And the name's just not a gimmick. Kool-Aid McKinstry can play. I this Alabama, this is one of the better teams Saban's had. And LSU's in transition. And I think it's gonna take because that roster got gutted as well. I think it's going to take a couple years for LSU to really get back to where they want to be. I think AM's a year away. And I think what they'll be fortunate primarily because next season, Alabama is going to have similar turnover to what they had, ironically enough, last season. Because mm-hmm. last season was supposed to be a step back year for uh for Alabama, losing Mac Jones, uh, uh, and, and they lost Devonta Smith, and they lost all that on the offense, and um, and yet they still found themselves in the college football playoff. So, but yeah, I think I think Alabama, and I don't think it's going to be close. I think I think it's Alabama and everybody else fighting for second place in the West. So, so here, here's my here's my my thoughts on that. I think a And M will give them a run for their money. They beat them last year. No, was it last year? Last year. Yeah, last year they beat them last year. Mm-hmm. I think they they have opportunity to do it again this year. I hope that they do it again this year. Um, I feel like A and M with the with the the chatter that Nick Saban and Jimbo had going on about the NIL deals and this down the mm-hmm. third. I think it's a lot. It's a it's a bigger chip on A and M shoulders to to go in and say, okay, since y'all feel that way, this let me show y'all what we're really made of. I think they're going to they're I think the game is in Tuscaloosa this year. Mm-hmm. So I think they'll go into Tuscaloosa and win. That's just my honest opinion. This, I, this is this is why AM's gonna lose by 30. Oh Lord. This is why this is why this is why AM's gonna lose by 30. 30, bro. Uh and that, that's a little bit of hyperbole. But this is but this is why. Number one, Papa Nick coaches best. When he doesn't have to manufacture adversity. Okay, yeah. They lost the national championship. Not only did they lose to AM last year, they got it handed to them a little bit against AM. Offensive line got swallowed by AM's D line. Defense got pushed around a little bit. Secondary got torched. You got stuff you and and now they're now they're coming to Bryant Denny. With, with 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 without any so they they don't have any solid answers at quarterback and they lost keep in mind they lost half the D line half the O line to the draft mm-hmm. breaking in new guys and Alabama's full of experienced veterans and you talking about veterans in the two deep so you talking about veterans and you talking about talent depth as well yeah that, that matchup stinks for AM this season so so so. So right now you're going. You're already saying Alabama's going to win the West. Okay. Mm-hmm. How do you feel like? How do you feel Brian Kelly is going to do within his first year at LSU? Let's look at what he did at Notre Dame first. He he took that program and literally made them to one. They were already a powerhouse team because of the name. They was mm-hmm. already a powerhouse university because it's the name Notre Dame, the gold the gold tops. But he took that. He took that program to another level. Listen, but but he never he never was able to finish the deal when they lost in the national championship. I think they went twice. Why he was three three times? So 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 he so they went to they lost to Alabama the BCS championship game, 
2015. They made the and playoffs. They the, and they went to the college football playoffs twice. Mm-hmm. So I don't understand. I, okay, I kind of do understand. I, it seems like the only two coaches that can get away with being kind of gruffy is, is Nick Saban and Bill Belichick. Um, you know, Brian Kelly is not nearly as beloved a figure in Notre Dame as he should be. Right, right. Because any Notre Dame fan knows, and I'm off that narcotic, but I grew up a Notre Dame fan. I mean, I you know, you grew up in a part of Indiana I grew up in, you you root for Notre Dame. Um they if if they if they really think about what that program was before he was hired. Charlie Weiss ran that program into the ground. Yeah, he did. And you had, I don't think you had Joe Montana, Notre Dame legend on TV, talking about how the program could never get back to national prominence again. And Brian Kelly took that program and made it a perennial 10-win team. Mm-hmm. Year he, in, had, year he, had, he had the best. He had the best run in Notre Dame since Lou Holtz. The only thing he, the only thing Holtz had that he didn't have was a national championship. Facts. And the landscape's markedly different. I think he went to LSU because he thinks he can win a national championship there, and he can. If Les Miles and Ed Ogeron can win a national championship at LSU, okay, now, now you can't say that because Ed Ogeron, he brought in a lot of guys that transferred. Well, here, so I, I say that because Ed Ogeron's not a good football coach. Oh, true. Okay. Ed Ogeron is a masterful recruiter. Oh, Tigers. I, I, he was a great recruiter. You you see the rankings. He could recruit. He could bring guys in. But he was not – he relied too heavily on his assistants. And when Joe Brady left and went to – I think he went to Carolina, mm-hmm. and the offense was never the same, he, he couldn't find that, that right combination of assistant coaches. But I think this year, you know, LSU. This is a this is going to be a zero year for Brian Kelly. LSU going to probably go seven and five, eight and four this year. Um, he 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 he's got his um, he got his quarterback. Oh my goodness, what that what is that young man's name? Um, this is great podcasting here. While I look at his name, because it just escaped me when I when I said it. Um, LSU. Yeah. Um, Oh, a Walker Howard. So Walker Howard's the big high-end four-star for the future. Um, I, I think Garrett, well, they, they went and got Jaden Daniels. Um, I wasn't a huge fan of the OC hire. Um, they got the they got Cincinnati's offensive coordinator. And if you watched Cincinnati's offense, it wasn't anything special. It was um, decent. Well, no, well, they had an Alabama running back in the American. And Jerome true. Ford. That's what, that's what made the offense look good. Because Jerome Ford was Jerome Ford ate last season. Oh, he did. He he well, he ate. Yeah, but, like, but I think, honestly, to me, honestly, he carried Cincinnati, honestly, in my yeah. opinion. But but I, I think it's gonna take a couple years, and this is why I got Florida finishing fourth, ironically enough, because it's gonna take a couple years to build up the trenches. The SEC is about is about line play. True. And it is and LSU lost guys to the draft and lost guys to the portal. So it's going to take some time, but I think in, in two or three years, I don't see any reason why LSU because LSU is the best. Now that is the best job in college football. Yeah. So, so I would say this. I think Brian Kelly's ability to recruit was going to help him in in the SEC. I think that he has what it takes to go into Alabama. He has what it takes to go into Georgia. He has what it takes to go into Florida to bring those players to Louisiana. But That's he doesn't one. have to. He, he don't. He can stay home and and, and Man, listen. If he stay home, Louisiana gonna eat. There is not a university in college football who has right of first refusal quite like LSU. Right. True. Like somebody told me that like every public high school is the Tigers and they all wear purple and gold. And every like and every every kid who plays high school football in Louisiana want to do two things. They want to play for the state championship in the Superdome and for a national championship in the Superdome. Super because you can do both. Yeah. And you want to play for the you want to play for the Tigers. And he can take he can take full advantage of that. And they have a great pipeline to Texas. They he do. Can, 
Yeah, they he really could do. fill out his first. He could fill out his first twenty-two just from guys from Louisiana. Um. So, and and, I, and I'm guarantee you, he on the recruiting trail like, oh, for I can do this. I can do that at Notre Dame. Right. And that's and that's, and that's not a slight on Notre Dame. It, it, it's a it's a different animal. It's because because different exactly. Animal. And Marcus Freeman is proven that you can recruit at a high level to Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. Um, it's more work because there are there are eligibility allowances that LSU has as a public university that Notre Dame doesn't as a private one. Right. I think Notre, I think I think Brian Kelly, you yeah, Brian Brian Kelly will win a national championship in five years, if not mm. sooner. I'm, I'm, number gonna, one, I'm gonna say three. One, I'm gonna say three. I, I'm three to five. That's fair because un, unlike Les Miles and Ozeron, Brian Kelly can coach. Yeah, this is true. He can, he can coach. So, so real quick, let, let's let me get your intake on uh, Ole Miss, Mississippi State, and Auburn. What do you think about those uh, universities? Uh, well, Auburn kind of went through it. I got Auburn. So I got Auburn. Let me see third. Four, I got Auburn finishing fifth. Okay, I can see I, that. I, there, there. Once again, they there's some concerns in, in the trenches. I like T.J. Finley at quarterback. I don't know. I don't like that he. I don't think he has much around him. Um, Brian Harson, I think, learned very quickly that in the SEC, recruiting matters in the SEC because I think his class finished twentieth, but they were like ninth in the SEC. And that's not going. That's not going to get it done. And 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 their proximity to Atlanta, they should be able to recruit at a, at a high level. And and there have been coaches there, uh, Gus Malzahn included, that proved that that Auburn can recruit at a top ten top ten level. Mm-hmm. Um, I love I love Mississippi State. I love this and one of my favorites. Um, going all the way back to 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 the great late uh, Jackie Sherrill. Um, because once again, I, I just I have a I have a I have an affinity for small schools. Um, let somebody go to Starfield that's not ready. Mike Leach, Will Rogers, the Cowboy, and that spread that Eric, they're gonna get them. Yeah. Because what because what Mike Leach is because Mike Leach isn't has never been known as a recruiter, but what he's found that by default recruiting in the SEC, you're just gonna get better players. Yeah. He's still recruiting three stars like he did at Washington State, but the three stars are better. So, you know, he's so and, and and he's done a very good job of finding very good talent in the state of Mississippi. Um, Ole Miss is interesting. I'm, I'm curious to see number one, they got they got Moss from TCU, so they got a, they got a running back. I like Jackson Dart. Yeah, I think I think he's gonna beat out Luke Altmeyer for that job, but my concern. For Ole Miss, I don't know if they can stop anybody. Yeah, my concern for Ole Miss is, is that defense. Like Ole Miss defense last year was pretty solid. You know, they had, they had a kid, um, uh, Mark Robinson. Mm-hmm. He was a, a solid linebacker. They had a great, a pretty decent secondary. I'm gonna say great, but they had a, a secondary that can contain. But I, I'm really interested in seeing how Ole Miss will bounce back because they lost a lot of players to the draft and and, and graduated. So I'm ready. To, I'm ready to see Ole Miss bounce back. Auburn, man, that coach had a, a whole lot of scandals going on this offseason. So I don't know mentally how that team is. is you know, what I'm saying they got to deal with the coaches' scandal. Well, that, well, that, that wasn't the coach. That was the boosters trying to fire him. Well, true, but but his, but his name was, was brought up in so much though. You know what I'm saying? Man, that that was like that 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 was unethical. What they did, yeah. I mean, just just be listen. Auburn boosters got money. If you ain't want them now, buck up, pay the thirty million, get them out of there. Yeah, that's it. Just because you ain't want to pay the thirty million, you trying to fire them with calls. You got and 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 everything that they tried to drum up on Brian Harson, all of it had they couldn't find anything. Nothing at all. But you know. That that's that's one of the things when you're SEC you're a high profile coach whether you're mm-hmm. winning you're whether you're losing like Mississippi State man Mississippi State is going to be a team that that air raid offense is going to really shock like you said if they're not prepared they're going to be in for a rude awakening when they go into Starkville but you know Mississippi what I'm I, I don't know who it's going to be because I got to look at I don't know who it's going to be 
Mississippi State gonna get somebody. So, so you, are you right now on the show? You calling the upset? Mississippi State gonna upset somebody? They're gonna get somebody. I don't okay. know who it's gonna be, but they're gonna get somebody. So, so right now, um, to go ahead and close out the show, we'll do a pick 'em session real quick. So, Professor, who do you have winning the SEC East, SEC West, and overall winning the SEC? Well, ladies and gentlemen, prepare for Alabama Georgia Five. Um. I got, I like I like Alabama, and I like Alabama because Georgia's defense is gonna be top three in the country again, but it won't be historically good this season. And I think this year, when I, I think Alabama's defense is every bit as good as Georgia's defense, and if it, it, that means that game is gonna come down, Bryce Young or Stetson Bennett. So you going with Bryce or you going with the mailman? I got I got to go with Bryce on that one. So I'm gonna go ahead and say Georgia win the East, Alabama win the West. Uh, we got uh, Georgia Alabama part five in the SEC championship game. Um, I'm going to go on record and say that Georgia will win the the entire SEC. But I do think they'll meet up again. That Georgia and Alabama will meet up again in the national championship game, and Alabama will win this year. Mm. I, I think I is for some reason that the committee wants to see Alabama in, and somehow, some way, they get in every single year. Well, they get in every single year because they're always one of the best four teams in the country. But still, man, sometimes, I, and you know, it's so funny. You know, so I, and I don't. I think it was. The year they won with Jalen Hurts, and they didn't win the division, and they got in the playoffs, and everybody say, "Well, they're not the four best, one of the four best," and then they messed around and won national championship. Facts, facts. So you can never, never sleep on Nick Saban and what he can do, man. But that's true. Hey guys, I want to thank y'all so much for tuning in to another episode of MVP University, man. We got my boy Dante, well, Professor Dante, excuse me. Uh, my boy Cunning Westside in the back, you know what I'm saying, producing the show for us today. I am MVP JT. Uh, we ask you guys to go ahead, go to uh, YouTube, like, share, and subscribe our channel, MTMV Live, uh, MTV, MTMV, the show, uh, and, the, and the team all together. We, like I said earlier, we have a tremendous amount of talent on this team, man. So y'all just chime in, whatever sport you like. I pre- I'm pretty sure we're covering it. And guess what? Next week, we have a very special guest for you guys. So don't miss next week's episode. Uh, as we get ready to sign out, I am MVP JT. That's Professor Dante. And we're out. Peace. Sports fans rejoice. You're listening to my team, my voice with MTMV Sports.